Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Awesome. Well, this year and this month, our series is on Enlarge, and it's taken out of Isaiah 54 and verse 2. Obviously, you can follow us along in your Bible, or the Scriptures uh, will come up on the screen tonight as well. It says, Enlarge the place uh, of your tents and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we get to gather uh, here together in your name, Father God, as as the church. And Father, I thank you for the people that are here. I thank you for the words that I'm about to speak. May they be Holy Spirit ordained and blessed and pierce the hearts of the men that hear it. But if they're not of you, Father God, just let them fall to the wayside and uh, let the truth of who you are be spoken this evening. Isaiah 54, amen? Amen. Isaiah 54 and verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curves of your dwellings, do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your states. Spare, lengthen, and strengthen. We want to make sure that we are equipped and ready for everything that is going to come, both as a church, but also for you individually as well, for the things that God's going to do in and through your life where people are going to come around you and we're going to need a little bit extra from you. Not in the work sense, but we're going to need who you are uh, in God to step out uh, even more into the promises of what he has for you. And so we're really excited about what this looks like uh, for our church going forward uh, and what it looks like for you as well and the impact that we're going to get to have uh, together. There's so many promises uh, in the Bible about generations working together and how it enlarges everyone and enlarges the influence that they have. When we read in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour, pour out my spirit on all flesh, that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, and also on your men servants and your maid servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood. Before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord, it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. From Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, and as the Lord said among the remnant whom whom the Lord calls." You know, we want to make sure that we're enlarging uh, for the future. We want to make sure that we're preparing that, but we're preparing the people that are around us because this isn't just for us. This, isn't, this is for the people who um, aren't here yet. This is for the people of what I shared before, you know. This is for people who aren't even in Australia yet or maybe who haven't even been born yet, but we're going to have dreams and we're going to have visions and people are going to prophesy about who God is in and through their life. We're going to be able to speak uh, into the lives of the people that call this church their home and see that enlarge for the future that we're going to be added to. Um, as people call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved and we shall see the great promises that come from that. You know, as a church, we're made up of so many different generations, more mature people, Immature people, (laughs) old people, young people, you know, generations that have been around for a while, some of us young guys that are fairly new to this whole thing. I can say that because I've got the mic, thank you, front row. (laughs) And, um, you know, there are some things that generations do really well and there's some things that groups of people do really well and there's some things that, you know, it's just like they just need a little bit of help. Um, And, you know, I'm so thankful for people that never gave up on me, 
that actually came alongside me and actually encouraged me in what uh, they believe was a, a, a plan for me and a next step for me. And, you know, don't give up on the next generation. Don't give up on the young people that are coming through. I, I get... I do lots of different media stuff with interviews and I normally get asked because, you know, some of the places we go, young people aren't acting how we think they should and they're experimenting and they're having lots of fun, or they call it fun. And um, I normally get asked something along the lines of, so what is it about young people? Like, why do you, why do, you do this? And I'm like, because they're amazing. Young people are awesome. Young people are so exciting. And the generation that's coming out, what I love about them the most is that because we've been so politically correct for so long, we've never told them that they can't do anything. We've never told them that you can't come second. They all just think that they're all going to win the race. And they all think that they're champions. They all think that they can do whatever they want to do. And they actually believe it. And so when a young person stands in front of me um, at a music festival or at Levers or at a university party and tells me that they believe that they're going to find the cure to cancer, they actually believe it. Because no one's actually ever told them that they can't do it. And so we've got this generation coming up now that is so self-assured, and you might think they're arrogant, and some of them are. Let's be honest. We all have our moments, let's be honest. And, um, but they, they have got these dreams and aspirations for the future that are massive. And we need to get alongside them, and we need to encourage them, and we need to help them, and we need to point them in the right direction because... You know what? Our Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. And so if they're able to channel that passion and that, that those ideas that they have and actually bring it in line with the word of God, amazing. imagine what could happen. Imagine the impact that could happen. And let's get around them. And let's actually encourage them and let's help them. And even with the younger people that are coming through as well, like, like little kids, they are watching. They're watching how you respond. They're watching how you talk about church and how you value church and the value that you place on church. They, they look at and they're watching how you develop your relationship with God. They watch how you are in praise and worship. Be a great example to the next generation. Be a great example to how to do life really well. And maybe, you know, you know we all need to, to take check and take stock on our language and the things that we say because people are watching and people are listening and it's a little more evident in my house right now where we've got a five and a two-year-old and... Savannah says stuff and I'm like, oh, I think that's something I say. <laughs> she, she said yesterday, what the heck, Dad? And I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, yep, that's definitely me. But they're watching and let's get around them. And they're, our, they're the young people. They're the next generation. Let's have dreams for them. Let's have visions for them. Let's actually get alongside them and let's actually champion them who they want to be. Because we can do this when we do it together. And when what we can do together is amazing and across all those generations. And we can enlarge faith in each other. We can spur each other on to good works. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so let's enlarge our faith as we come into 2019. Let's enlarge the things that we're believing for. Let's enlarge the way that we respond to every situation. Let's see things as they should be. Let's see people as God sees them. Let's see situations as God sees them. And pray and believe with faith all the time. You know, Pastor Jeff calls it a prayer adventure where you're kind of just praying prayers and you're just believing and you've just got that faith. And I call them dangerous prayers. Those prayers that you pray and you go, did I just say that? 
did that actually just come out of my mouth? Pray those dangerous prayers. Have faith for the things that seem impossible. And, you know, pray and believe for direction and purpose where there didn't seem to be any. Pray when it looks like everything in front of you is actually the contrary to what you're believing for. It was a few years ago where uh, we work across all the residents, uh, the residential accommodation for students and there was this one residence uh, that didn't want red frogs. There was one person that had said, no, you can't come in here, we don't want to have red frogs here, you're too Christian, whatever. Funny for a Christian organisation, but anyway, uh, whole other story. And, um, and so we were like, okay, no worries, all good, we're going to respect that, that's totally fine, um, but we're going to pray and we're going to believe for a change. And I had people come to me and I had different leaders come to me and go, but Hayden, don't you know this person? Can't you go talk to that person and then they can talk to that and you can kind of bypass them and get around that way or why don't we do this and why don't we just go and why don't we... All these different people are coming to me going, let's, you know, storm the gates and normally I'm up for that. Normally I'm like, yep, let's go. Um, but I really felt, no, we're going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to watch God intervene in this situation. And it was a couple of months later and I got a phone call uh, from someone else who lived at that residence and they said, oh, did you hear what happened yesterday? And I said, no, tell me. And they said, oh, so you know that, per- that this guy who doesn't let red frogs in? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do actually. Well, he actually got expelled from the residence yesterday. And so when can red frogs come back? And I'm just like, like this is a pretty big deal. Like this person was a pretty uh, high standing uh, person that it's pretty hard to get evicted. Like even in like... Normal, a normal student, it's pretty hard for them to get evicted. But this person was like in a senior leadership position. And for them to get expelled and kicked out of this residence, I'm just like, like that's next level. And um, then for the fact that the next day, we get the phone call straight away going, hey, when can Red Frogs come back? And it's that prayer adventure. It's just going, no, we believe. We believe that we are called. We know where we're meant to be, that where our feet tread, we will prosper. And so go on those prayer adventures. Work together, store up, stir up good works in each other. Because when you work together, you can achieve so much more. You know, when there's a relay race and there's four runners, the transition is where the race is kind of won or lost sometimes. And they've really got to work together. They've got to trust each other. They've got to, you know, the second runner's kind of got to come up and match the pace. And, and it's actually the person that's got the baton that decides when he's going to pass it on. And he actually yells out to that person and he trusts so much that the other runner is right behind him, that the other runner is right there ready to take that baton. Because if not, the first runner is going to slow down as soon as he says yes and that's where that race is going to be lost. But together, they can run so much further. Together, they can do so much more as long as they pass the baton and work together really well. But it requires knowledge of each other's ability and making sure that they trust each other and working with in that space. And I'm sure you've got some great stories and you'd know of awesome things that have happened in your world where people have worked together and it's worked really well and, and great outcomes have happened. Or sometimes it's the other way as well where it's kind of a little bit like, oh, that could have been a little bit better. Um, and you can achieve so much more. It's even like serving together. You know, there's something happens when you kind of have those same experiences and you kind of get together and you serve together and, yeah, you're able to do so much more, but there's a, a depth of relationship that comes in that and, you know, we, we see it through Red Frogs and we even see it through the life of the church here where different teams get together and start serving together and you're like, I never knew you before and, you know, in real life, 
we would never kind of pick each other as friends um, or people that we'd actually want to hang out with or because, you know, we all have our preferences. And, um, and so, but you start serving together and you see a different side to them and you see it, the, who they are and, and why they do things and you just get to know that person. So you're actually able to make so much more of a great impact where you might have just walked past that person once upon a time and just gone, oh, you know what, they're awesome, but I'm going to keep going this way. But serve together. If you're not serving, serving's awesome. I, um, I credit my journey in church and especially this church with serving and actually being part of teams and actually being a part of something that's bigger than what I am and actually seeing people come into that. And I, if you're not serving, then go and see the team at the end of the service at the hub and they will definitely be able to connect you into a service team. And, you know, we've got lots of different opportunities for how you can serve. It might not be on the platform unless you've got some great talent that can be a part of our team and you want to bless our church and that's awesome. But... If, you're not, is that, if that's not you as well, where you're like, I'm a bit more of a behind-the-scenes person, uh, then we've definitely got some opportunities for you as well because we want to see everyone walk into the promise that God has for them and maybe uh, that for you is around serving. But, you know, make sure you're always looking for a way to be a part of the answer. You know, I once heard it said that um, if communities don't help each other, they crumble. Um, and we should be doing whatever we can do to actually come alongside people. And it might not look like uh, what it is. We kind of had this saying, you know, look for the yes. Look for the yes. There might, it might look like a no at the beginning, but is there a way that we can be involved? Is there a way that we can actually partner with them? And there's a great story in First Kings chapter 17 about Elijah. And we'll pick it up in verse 8. And it says, And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called her and he said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Uh, and as she was going to get it, he called out to her and he said, oh, bef- please bring me a morsel of bread uh, in your hand as well. And so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. I only have a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm actually gathering these sticks that I may go in, prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake first. Pretty cheeky old Elijah. And uh, bring it to me. And after, after that, after I've eaten, make, yourself for your, for your, make some for yourself and your son. Verse 14, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the, oil, uh, the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now it happened after the After these, that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left him. And she said to Elijah, What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back and he was revived. Elijah took the child and brought him from the upper room and into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. And then the woman said to Elijah, now this 
By this I know that you're a true man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. You know, how much easier would it have been for her to just go, mate, I've got no flour. I've got no oil. This is what I'm doing and just keep walking. But there was something in her, there was some conviction that resonated within her about what Elijah wanted. That She was like, you know what? I'm just going to be a part of the answer. I'm just going to be a part of the answer for this situation. And she sowed and then she reaped as well. She invested in that moment and she went, you know what, I'm going to follow the, the promise of this man um, that he says and, and his God um, and, you know, sowed there. And then a little while later, she got to reap with her son being alive. She got to be able to, because of that relationship that she had with him, because if she didn't do that, he would never have come and lived at her house and done all of those things as well. Be a part of it. Make sure you, you find a way to be a part of whose miracle are you going to be a part of? You never know what the question's going to be, what it's going to look like when someone comes to you and says, I need help with this, or how does this work, or maybe it's just in real conversation that you feel to be able to be an answer to them, not by something they said, but by what the Holy Spirit said to you. Be that answer. Make sure you're obedient. Make sure you follow what God said you to do, because you might be the answer to someone's prayer. You could be the miracle uh, that they're looking for. You know, as we look into this enlarge and everything that's going on, it can be really easy uh, to kind of sometimes withdraw and kind of go, you know what, that's great for them, but I kind of want to do something different and, you know, I kind of want to bring myself alone. But don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. Don't neglect church. Church is so important. Let's um, watch this video clip about who you shouldn't become. Tired of having to wake up, get dressed, and drive across town just to attend your favorite service? Introducing Virtual Reality Church. Start by choosing a church building that meets your needs. Tired of the stress of having to choose a Sunday morning outfit? Never make a fashion mistake again, because Virtual Reality Church will style you based on your denomination. Not a people person? Select the introvert experience to completely eliminate the welcome team, meet and greet time, connect cards, and that awkward hold hands with the person next to you thing we still do. Next, personalize your morning by choosing the worship experience that you want. Feeling a touch of white guilt? Add a minority worship leader. Custom options even let you tailor the skinniness of your worship leader's jeans. Finally, no more having to endure songs that you don't like. With Virtual Reality Church, you're in charge. For the sermon, choose the amount of conviction you'd like and we'll select a pastor for you. We'll even let you tailor your sermon topics so you'll never have to attend a Vision Sunday or a sermon series on giving. And never worry again about dozing off during the sermon. With Virtual Reality Church, you can sleep as long as you want. Kids being bad in nursery? Who cares? Worried about missing a football game? Enter your favorite team and we'll provide notifications when the game is starting. Never miss a kickoff again. Want to go forward for prayer? Well, if you selected a Pentecostal service, always stand in front of a mattress. Even connect your social media accounts and we'll post for you. Get credit for being super spiritual all from the comfort of your couch. Finally... An option for people asking the question, how can I make Sunday morning even more about me? Virtual Reality Church, the future of church attendance. <laughs> Acts 2 and verse 46. So continue daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Church is where we grow. Church is where we love. Church is where we worship together. God is coming back for this, the local church. 
And our job is to make her as beautiful as we can. He's not coming back for a yes text or red frogs or whatever. He's coming back for the local church. And we need you. We need you to be a part of it. We need your gifts and your talents. So don't become that guy. As funny as it is, (laughs) and as tongue-in-cheek as it is, don't become that guy. Don't isolate yourself. Don't be someone that draws away. Don't be someone that goes, you know what, I'm just going to stay home and you know, watch a podcast or do that. No, no, no. Come into community. Come into fellowship. Come into relationship with real people. Social media is awesome. I love it. I use it. It's great. I interact on it. But don't ever let it replace authentic relationships. Don't ever, ever let it replace a relationship where you can be vulnerable, where you can be real, where you can actually be there in person and actually be able to commune with other people. Make sure you continue to love one another. It reminds us in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 that you should have loved the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength because this is the first commandment. But the second is quite like it. It says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than any of these. But to love people, you've got to know them. To love people, you've got to be in relationship with them. And to love people, you've got to come around them and actually believe in them. And so don't neglect that. Enlarge your thinking about other people. Yep, some people are easier to love than others. It's when you pray harder and love them anyway and encourage and come alongside them and remember yourself. Remember that God is no respecter of persons. Luke chapter 18 says, you know, we, I want to, we're on this whole thing of enlarging our faith, you know, don't lose the, little, the, don't lose the child in you. Luke 18 verse 15 says, And they also brought infants to him that he might touch them, but he, when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus said to them, Let the little children uh, come to me, and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. You know, make sure that you never lose the amazement of a child, never lose the faith of a child, never lose the way that children interact with other people. Always be amazed, always make sure that when you're coming alongside people that they're little children, that you, you, you don't lose that. You stay at the feet of Jesus and make sure that you're where you need to be. You know... In Hebrews chapter 10, it talks about, uh, we won't read it all, but it talks about the, the veil uh, in the Holy of Holies. And when the Israelites were walking through the desert, they had this, this place that no one could go and it was protected by a veil. And the only way that could go there, that people could go there, was through uh, the high priest. And there was a lot of things that he had to do uh, in, in the, uh, even being able to, to go in there and to atone uh, the sins of others. He'd have to wear special clothes and wash a certain way and he'd have to carry... Um, carry a, bl- a blood sacrifice as well. And even you know, to the point where just in case he wasn't quite legit and there might have been sin in his life, they tied a rope around his leg and if the bell stopped ringing, they'd assume that he'd stop walking because he was dead and so they'd be able to drag him out. Um, but what God did on the, when Jesus went to the cross was that veil got torn from top to bottom. And that meant that we could have direct relationship with God, that we didn't have to go through someone else, that we didn't have to... Uh, have someone else go on our behalf and actually represent us, that we could actually have that relationship with God directly, that we could actually sit 
at the feet of Jesus, that we could actually have that, that time where God speaks directly into our life and, and forgives our sins directly and does all those things for us without having someone else to be there. Don't lose the wonder of that. Don't forsake that time where you just get to sit and be with Jesus. For me, I call it Hayden time. Play some music, read the Bible, write some journal notes. Just find what works for you. There's no set rules about how it works. Maybe you want to follow like a 30-day plan or a read the Bible in a year kind of format or something like that. But find what works for you. And even the time of day. Some people are like, oh, I get up really early and I do it then. And, you know, Bruce gets up at stupid o'clock and goes for a bike ride and then has his, his Bruce time. Uh, that doesn't work for me. I get up and go to the gym and so it looks a little bit different. But find what works for you. Find that time in your day where you just go, you know what, I'm going to stop and I'm going to do this right now. And this is going to be the time that's, that's sacred uh, with my relationship with God because that's amazing that we get to have that privilege and we get to have that honour that we go straight there. You know, there's the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. Now it happened that they went and entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore... Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled by many things, but one thing is needed, that Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Things need to be done, and there's a right order and things like that, but when you need to be with Jesus, that's what you need to do. And you can't compromise on that. You can't neglect that. You've got to make sure that you're you're putting that time aside so that God can speak to you that God can bring those dreams uh, into your heart, that he can refresh those visions that are in your heart. He can give you those words so that when the going gets tough, you've got that word that you know you received from God that can carry on. A few months ago, I was praying about some different things and I was actually at a conference in Queensland and um, uh, one of the preachers preached and I, um, I heard him say, but have I told you? And um, that kind of was a bit of a confirmation for me about some things that I was praying about. And I even told other people when they asked me, that I said, oh, well, actually, I got, I got this word from this preacher at this conference. And, and um, so I'm like, oh, I should actually go back and listen to that message. And so I listened to it, and he never said it. And I'm like, I'm sure that was there. Oh, maybe I missed it. So I went and listened to it again uh, right the way through. And, and he never said that phrase but have I told you? And I kind of was praying and just kind of going, God, but, you know, I felt like this was a word for me, for this thing and for this season and what we were going into and what, we, what I was thinking about and praying about. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, can I not talk to you directly? Can I not actually just speak to you? Do I have to always use someone else? So never neglect those times. Never neglect those opportunities where God will speak to you. And it seems weird, like, I told people that this guy said it. I, like, I would have black and blue sworn on a whatever that he said it. No, he said it in this part of the service. And he was talking about this and this and then he talked about this and I could even tell you when I thought he said it. Um, but he didn't. 
And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And make sure you're, you're in a place where God can speak to you. Make sure that you're creating space where God can actually bring vision uh, into your life. Creating a space where God can actually give you those words that you need in season uh, for your life right now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that as we come into 2019, Father God, and all that you have promised for us, God, that as we spare our cause, as we lengthen, as we strengthen, Father God, we thank you that you are in our midst. Father God, I thank you for the people that you're drawing towards us, the opportunities that you're giving us, the open doors that are there, Father God. We thank you for your promises that are over this church as we continue to go into all the world and make disciples in your name. You know, maybe you're uh, someone who's here tonight and for you, you've never really had that opportunity to uh, maybe uh, ask Jesus to come into your heart or you've never had that uh, understanding that Jesus can live inside of you and can actually be a part of your everyday world. And, you know, when I talk about things like, you know, having God speak to you and have a relationship with God, that seems very foreign to you and, you know, it's not magic, um, but I would love to introduce you to my friend Jesus. And I'd love to lead you in a prayer that kind of says, you know what, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords uh, over my life and I submit my life to you. And so if you've never had the opportunity to pray that sort of prayer or come into that sort of relationship with God, then I'd love to pray with you right now. And I'd love to lead you in that prayer and actually uh, see you start your journey and your adventure uh, with God and all that he has for your life and all the plans that he has for you. Is there anyone like that? If you just slip your hand up, I'd love to pray with you um, and lead you uh, in that prayer. That's great. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Good job. Is there anyone else who wants to join that man and praying? Or maybe you at a place where you've said that prayer once upon a time, but, you know, life kind of continued to happen um, and you kind of started to do things on your own and, you know, you kind of got pretty good at it uh, for a little while, but then you knew that there was something missing, that you closed the door on a certain part of your life. Then I'd also love to pray with you as well and uh, see you come back and recommit your life uh, to Jesus. Let's pray with, with that man and, you know, sir, just repeat these words after me and everyone else that's here is going to say those same words as well. We just want to encourage you uh, as you pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we declare that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I ask you to forgive my sins as I walk this journey with you. Come and live in my heart and be my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen.